Welcome to Yours, Mine, and Ours. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona, a relationship coach, and this show is about connections. Relationships are about connections. They consist of three distinct and equally important elements. There are two separate individuals who then bring their souls together to create a distinct third entity. That's their connection. Successful relationships are about two people being healthy and strong when they're apart first in order to become something exponentially more amazing when they're together. This show is going to teach you the principles of creating a healthy relationship and the dynamics of human connection, as well as the creation of something beautiful. Each week, I talk about a different theme and give advice to my listeners Opening up the lines to listeners about 30 minutes into the show now, I'll be taking callers' questions. The number to the show is 888-627-6008. Now, I've been doing this show for several months, but I had to take a few months off to finish up my book. I actually had been working with a publisher for almost a year, and by the time it finally went to press, they just came to me and said, you know what? We need to make this two books. <laughs> and I said, are you kidding me? Is that why this has taken too long? So long. I kept thinking maybe I should take some things out. Maybe I should just tweak them a little bit. And they said, no, you know what? The content of this is so great. And we love everything that it is. It just literally needs to be two different publications. So I said, okay, great. Let's make the first one. That's a workbook of my coaching program. And the second one, which is going to be an explanation and an expansion of functionality in the Myers-Briggs personality profile system, that should be going to press probably in about three months. Knock on wood, everything happening the way it should. What I teach people in order to be successful and happy in life you have to have a very profound self-awareness. Yeah, if you're going to be successful with your goals, reaching your goals as a coach, what I taught people is you have to have a game plan. You have to know where you are in this moment. You need to know where you're going very clearly and very specifically. You need tools and resources that you have at your immediate access and constant disposal to be successful, to have access to and to know most importantly which ones you need in whatever moment. I'm going to be covering some of those things today in the show, but most importantly, what you need to know is who you are. Now, in the few months that I took to, you know, take, you know, just the time and the space to say, hmm, now what do I really do? What do I want to do with my business? I learned some things about myself and my family because, well, my kids are all grown up now. And my husband and I are saying, hmm, 25 years, yeah, let's start all over again. Now that we don't have our children to worry about because they're all very self-sufficient, they're all strong and intelligent, they're successful in their different ways, let's just go back to us and our relationship. All right, slice of humble pie. Four months ago, I would have thought I was low maintenance and I was quite proud of it, but I've learned some things since then. My husband and kids are growing up. They need me less and less. It was an opportunity. Oh my goodness, what is high maintenance? What is low maintenance? I didn't even know really what I thought that was. 
it's only an issue when it's something that it's low yield, high maintenance. It requires time and effort and energy investment, right? Sometimes it could be needing time to spend taking care of yourself physically. Sometimes it could be emotional kinds of resources and stimulation and support and sustenance. It could be mental stimulation, challenge, really. What do you need that makes you high maintenance or low maintenance? Really, it's only about what you need other people to give you. You know what the truth is? I'm actually very high maintenance. The reason why it doesn't seem that way is because I'm the one always maintaining myself. I take excellent care of myself. So all of those things that I need, I really do need. I'm just okay being the one giving them to myself. So most people, as observers, they say, yeah, no, you're really low maintenance. That's because they don't really see what's going on behind closed doors. And they don't know what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. And because when they give me the time or energy or support or resources that I need in order to reach a goal, what they get out of it from me is very high quality. Well, that begs the next question. When you're talking about low yield or high yield, what is that even? Okay, well, you know what? There was a show that my husband and children really like to watch, and it makes me crazy because the guy is a jerk. It's called Elementary. Yeah, he's smart. Yes, he helps people solve crimes, but he is so high maintenance. I actually heard myself saying out loud one day, my God, you're worse than a woman (laughs) because he's very particular about how he has his food. He's very persnickety about the elements that he has surrounding him while he's being brilliant because if he doesn't have the exact environment in exactly the right way, well, then he's just not going to do it, is he? And I thought, wow, you know what? There are certain things that really do make us perform better. They make us do things in a higher quality way. Then there are just some things that well, you know what? You're just being narcissistic. Have you asked yourself, what things do you need in life in order to perform in a very high quality way? How many of those things are just compensating for something else that's missing in your life? Well, that's a really tough question to answer. You have to be very aware of who you are. You have to understand who you are. And You have to be very comfortable being very honest with people. Let's just get back down to the return on investment principles. You have to put in what you're wanting to eventually get out of a transaction, of an investment. Well, yeah, hopefully you'll get more than what you put in. But that comes down to what do you think you are worth? Other people investing in you. What do other people think you're worth? Their time, their energy, their money and resources. Well, how about their love? I was just worth it because I did it for myself. And what I needed other people to give me, it would pay off exponentially for them. Let's think about this now. Sometimes just in general, people say, Women are much higher maintenance than men. (laughs) One of my favorite jokes of all time is the computer's gender. 
my teenage son taught me this and and he just has such a weird sense of humor we rarely see things in the same way but when he's got something hilarious i know i know the whole world is going to enjoy it okay so here's the the joke the spanish teacher was explaining to the class that in spanish words are feminine or masculine and you have to put an article in front of the word like l or law. And so usually what you can do is you can look at the end of the word and see if it's an A, then that's an A, that's a feminine. If there's an O, that's an L article, that means it's masculine. Well, one of the, the students, it was an adult class, one of the students said to the teachers that L computer door or law computer door, and she said, law yeah, well, computer, what do you, you know what, let me just ask you this. Do you think a computer is more like a man or more like a woman? And he said, I'm not touching that one with a 10-foot pole. There's no way. And she said, well, why? It's a, it's a very simple question. And I'm just curious about your opinion. And he said, nope, nope, I'm going to get in trouble if I answer that. She said, you know what? Let's make a game out of this. Guys over here, gals over there, let's have a little conversation about whether a computer is more like a man or more like a woman. Well, the man talk. And I'm like, well, okay, well, clearly this thing's a chick. And she said, why would you say that? And they said, for four reasons. First of all, only their creator understands their internal logic. Number two, they speak a language that only other computers understand. <laughs> Number three, they store every mistake you ever make in long-term memory for future retrieval. And finally, you're constantly buying accessories for them. And she said, ooh, that's really good. Ladies, do you have anything to say? They said, oh yeah, this thing's a guy and we'll tell you why. For four reasons. First of all, they're not going to do anything for you until you turn them on. <laughs> Number two, you could give them all the information in the world. They still can't think for themselves. Number three, they claim to solve all of your problems in life. And you know what? In real life, half the time, they're the problem. But most importantly, number four, you know, if you had just waited six months, you could have had a better one. <laughs> and the teacher said, wow, you know what? That was fun because now I know what's wrong with all of you people, why you still can't understand something as simple as Spanish. But yeah, you're all absolutely right. By the way, this thing's a, a law. It's a computadora. It's feminine. And so when you think about all of the different things, the difference between men and women, they're very, they're different for specific reasons. Thinking about their brain, science has studied this constantly and shown repeatedly that the way they're wired in their head is very different. Let's say we're, we have the same number of synapses, which is the electrical um, activity, the activity going on in your brain. <clears throat> But there's different parts of the brain that these synapses can be happening within. Right side of the, the brain and the left side of the brain. Well, you know what? Men actually have more synapses going on in one part of the brain at a time, meaning they can outperform a woman in one isolated activity. Well, women, their synapses are going from the left side to the right side to the left side to the right side, and they can multitask. They can do more things at once at a higher level of functionality. They may not be able to do one thing as well as a man, but you add to things that they're doing simultaneously and their performance goes up exponentially. And then, you know what? By the time they get to the third thing, they just can shut down automatically, just completely and totally say, you know what? I'm done here. Let's do something else. Okay, well, 
That's also because their to-do list in life is completely different. What they want in life is very different. And we're thinking about now the differences between genders, the differences between functionality. Well, you know what? When you're thinking about your personality, it's something too. That's an entirely separate factor. One of the things that I really like about Proverbs chapter 31. Now, I'm not going to preach about religion because everybody has their own religion. One of the things I really like about Proverbs 31 is that that was written a thousand, actually several thousand years ago. And it even talks about how a woman, a truly good wife, has her own business. She has the confidence and trust of the man in her life, her husband absolutely with his whole heart trusts her abilities and her intentions and her skills. But she can actually go out into the world with the merchants and she can not only create her own product, but provide her own service and she knows how to negotiate. That woman has some real talent, social skills, as well as practical abilities. Now, when you're multitasking, it's really tough to stay balanced. When you have a life that demands lots of different activities, it demands a lot of different abilities and skills, you have to be able to stay balanced. One of the things I really appreciated about ballet, when I was a little girl, I was a ballerina. They always said, say, staying centered, not balanced. That's interesting. Being on your toes, you really do have to be balanced. But what does it mean to be centered? I took my first ballet class when I was four years old. It is a lot of work. And you don't even look very good doing it at the age of four. It's not impressive doing the steps that you spent a whole year practicing by the time you go on stage at the end of the year. Yeah, you know what? I realized over the years I was going to do a lot of work and not really look good doing it for a long time. It added up to about five years. The steps that you do, the costume you wear, the music that you play, you know what? You're not even going to look truly beautiful as a woman for almost another five years. Okay, think about that, people. Ten years of work. That's a lot of work with a lot of delayed gratification. Suffering and personal sacrifice, you have to be strong using muscles that you don't use in daily life. You have to be flexible, moving your body in ways that are not natural or comfortable in any way. You have to be focused, keeping your eyes and your mind in very specific places as you move through the music. But the hardest part is staying centered. Now, I did think it was a bit strange that my, my teacher didn't use the word balanced, you have to know how to stay balanced if you're going to be up on your toes. But why did she always say stay centered instead of stay balanced? And why did people refer to this as a discipline? Was my teacher going to hit us <laughs> or punish us when we didn't get the steps right? I had to admit I was a little afraid of that. No, actually, I learned that discipline is not punishment. In fact, if you're being punished, which is hurt or humiliated by someone, it's because they don't have true discipline and they don't know what it is. More importantly, I learned that while balance is about successfully managing the things and the world around you, being centered is about successfully managing yourself and the world inside of you. 
Okay, now let me think about that for a minute. A girl's body is constantly changing as she grows up, almost daily, literally, especially through puberty. Her thoughts and feelings and focus constantly change as she goes through childhood and puberty and young womanhood. Dancing demands that she not only be able to maintain the core of her body perfectly still in the same place while her arms and legs are constantly moving around her, but she also has to constantly know where the center of her body is, where that core is inside of her while she's moving all of her body parts, her head, her back, her hips, in the opposite directions of her arms and legs, but not being distracted by any of that as she's doing it. That's what staying centered is. It's about being focused. So being aware of everything that's happening inside of her while focusing on everything that's going on around her, as she forces herself to move in challenging ways in a still graceful and sensual and beautiful way is absolutely a discipline. And having true discipline means that you're feminine and confident and gorgeous as a woman, even when you're not dancing. I soon learned that that principle applies to everything in life that's in work and relationships and health, money. Are you aware of where, where you are inside of yourself while you're doing things in your daily life? Some people call that being mindful. Others call it conscientious. I call it discipline. Finding your own true personal center keeping yourself emotionally strong, maintaining your mental focus, being socially flexible, true discipline is an absolutely beautiful thing. When we come back, we're going to be talking about quality versus quantity, especially when it comes to being high yield relative to being high maintenance as a soul. We'll be right back after just real quick break. This is yours, mine, and ours. Wouldn't it be great if there was an instruction manual on how to succeed in life? Or the formula on how to find someone who's right for you? Or the ingredients on how to just be happy with your life? Well, I decided after I'd been coaching for a few years that it was time to just put it all on paper. The things that I was doing with and for my clients that helped them was great. Each session, I could see the fulfillment that my clients were experiencing. It became a coaching program. I made it a workbook. It came with my service. But coaching one person at a time was pretty slow, and not everyone could afford my hourly rate. So at least giving everyone access to the information was a good idea, right? And I didn't need to be with someone in order to provide them the information, did I? So just one project per chapter, these activities helped people implement what they'd just learned. And I'd had several people suggest that I turn it into an audiobook. Apparently people wanted to listen to the information while they were multitasking. So I did. And now most people just want the MP3. But with the coronavirus taking over the world, a lot of people are thinking about changing their life but they don't want a coach. So I'm offering my workbook to my listeners as an ebook with the MP3 included for just $29.99. That's an 80% discount off the original price. 
what I started selling it for two years ago to clients and colleagues. Just go to www.infinitylifecoaching.com and get your life coaching workbook for just $29.99 today. Infinity Coaching. The possibilities are infinite. Welcome back to Yours, Mine, and Ours. I'm Gabrielle Cardona, Relationship Coach and MBTI Practitioner, and today we're talking about taking a personal inventory, an honest inventory of yourself. What do you truly need and what do you give or provide when you are in a high-quality state? We really do live in a society now that values quantity more than quality. High yield is really the the focus. What can you provide to people in service or in um, in a monetary way or an amount? Like, for example, the food products now and the serving sizes in restaurants stores quality is going down because quantity is going up well let me ask you this question what's worth more two ounces of gold or two tons of fertilizer two thousand pounds that's a lot of fertilizer yeah but it's reduce the quality of who and what you are then you have to compensate by increasing the quantity. And people know, people know when what you're giving them is low quality, they're going to feel unfulfilled and they're going to feel unsatisfied and they're actually going to be resentful because what you're giving them is something less than what they truly deserve. When you have something that's high quality, you don't need to compensate by giving excessive amounts. The truth is, we only need about two hours of quality personal interaction. When we know that it's good quality, we have the fulfillment of saying, wow, the interaction that I had with that person is satisfying, it's fulfilling because it's substantive, and it's real, it's personal, it's vulnerable. Sometimes I explain to people I I put it in the form of a a stranded island test. What would life be like if you didn't have any technology distracting you from doing activities that are very, very good for you, that are satisfying to you, that are healthy activities? If you had to go to a stranded island, a place where there was no one around, you actually had to create the environment that you were going to live in, What kind of food would you eat? Money didn't exist. In fact, the only way you could get the things that you wanted, like the food and your clothing and shelter and entertainment, was by doing and being things that were healthy and that made you happy, that you were proactively, conscientiously positive in your energy as you were doing these activities. The only way you could get things like food and shelter were with positive energy, okay? That was the currency, nothing monetary. What would you spend your time doing that would literally make you happy? Do you know some people, they genuinely don't know the answer to that question because they've never stopped long enough to say, 
what do I like? <laughs> what would make me happy? If it didn't require any money, money didn't exist. Well, you know what? Some people say, what would you do if you had a million dollars? The reason why that's not a good thing is because it still stimulates and provokes the insecurity that comes with, what if this is gone? What if I didn't have it? Monetary things, uh, material things, everything that can be quantified really does take away our focus from what's important. That's our feelings positive energy and proactive behavior based on being in a good mood you know what one of my favorite movies of all time say anything lloyd dobler he loves his sister and you can tell because they're really brother and sister in real life he's playing with his nephew i think yeah they're they're in the kitchen he's playing with his nephew and she scolds him for what he's eating and he he gets away from his, his nephew. He's like, jeez, I can't believe it. She says, what? What? What's wrong with you? He goes, get in, a, get in a good mood. Just get in a good mood. How hard is it to decide to be in a good mood and then be in a good mood? And she gets this little sneer on her face and goes, gee, it's easy. <laughs> like, what the hell kind of a stupid question is that? Okay. Well, you know what? He said, just remember this. You used to be fun. You used to be warped and twisted and hilarious. And I mean that in a really good way. I mean it in a positive way as a compliment. I'm not your ex-boyfriend, okay? And I'm really sorry that he was horrible to you. But you were hilarious once. And it was great to be around you. And then she got real quiet. And she said, yeah, you know what? I was hilarious once, wasn't I? I still am. Yeah, you know what? Get in a good mood. What would you do to be in a good mood? What would truly give you positive energy? And so when I have people take that stranded island test, what would just get you in a good mood? You know what? Sometimes it can take months for me coaching them. Sessions, going through sessions with different exercises and different random activities or questions where I ask them, okay, now wait a minute, what were you doing there? And, and how did you feel? <laughs> and why did you feel that way? And it literally takes them a good forced effort to stop and say, wow, that actually gave me a lot of pleasure. Why did that give me pleasure? Well, you know what? Most of the time, it's because it's your personality. What, what really does just make you happy as your personality, that's very natural for you. Then when you have that positive energy and you start to feel happy, that, that genuine good energy other people pick up on it and they're attracted to you, which then comes to the next question. What makes you feel attractive? Sometimes, yeah, having physical beauty, different features like your hair or your clothing or your body, your makeup, whatever. What makes you feel attractive as a person that makes you believe that other people say, I want to be with you. I want to be in your energy around you because being with you makes me a better person. I'll be honest with you guys. You know what? This COVID thing, it's making me crazy. I have an amazing congregation full of friends that I love and that I miss. Just even thinking about it, I'm, I feel like I'm going to start to cry. I say to my friends, 
this isn't fair. I shouldn't have to be in a in a store, a grocery store, see you from across the aisle and have to take a step back. I want to step towards you and I want to hold you. And you know what? There have been a couple of times when I did see them in the in the store and, and I did. I, I went right up to them and I attacked them and I held them and, and I didn't let go. And they're like, wow, it feels so good just to be with you. I went out with, with my friend for breakfast and he said, God, you know what? I really miss being around you being physically near you because when you talk about something whatever it is you're talking about if you're happy and you love talking about it you move your hands so much and you move your body and you move your your face and and your voice and he said it's just it's amazing to be around you because your energy is so great yeah when you have good energy when you're in a good mood people want to be with you What would get you into a good mood? What would be an investment that people could put their time or their energy or their resources into you to get you into a high quality state to where being around you felt so good for them, they couldn't even put a dollar amount on it. One of my favorite stories to tell people is when my husband and I were in a coffee shop down on the corner and and I just said to him, you know what, we just need to go out on a date. And he said, okay, let's do it. Let's go ahead and have a really bad cup of coffee. And our very first date was, he asked me, (laughs) I couldn't believe this. He spent five hours on the phone with me talking about everything that had nothing to do with anything important. By the end of the conversation, he couldn't even ask me out to dinner. He asked me out for a cup of coffee. So that is, that is kind of this, this dirty little secret we have that I just shared with the world. My husband couldn't even ask me out on a real date (laughs) in order to start dating me. And so whenever he says, Hey, do you want some coffee? I say, I love coffee. Just like I did on our first date. All I had was a cappuccino, which is like 90% foam. I was sucking on the foam for an hour. And he, you don't really like coffee, do you? I say, I hate it. I think it's disgusting. Well, one time this lady at the coffee shop was looking at us. She came over and she said, can I ask you guys a question? I said, of course. What's up? I see you here all the time. She said, are you guys having an affair? And I said, I said, what? What a weird question is that? And I almost considered saying, well, yeah, actually we are. I said, no, we've been married for 25 years. We actually had our anniversary a few months ago. She said, are you serious? I said, yeah, why would you ask that? She said, because you two are so hot for each other. I see you guys come in here. You flirt with him all the time. And he looks at you like he is going to have his way with you when he gets home. <laughs> and there's no way you have rings, wedding rings that don't match. There's no way you two could possibly be that hot for each other and be married to each other. Wow. I said, yeah, that's, that's unfortunately how most people they really they think that after a certain period of time in your marriage you just don't have that heat for each other but you know what i really really do take excellent care of myself and he takes excellent care of me so all of the things that he does for me and that he gives to me pay off really really well because you know what just like lloyd dobler all my husband really wants is for me to be in a good mood <laughs> How many men out there, how many of my listeners out there, how many men would give anything just to have the woman in their life in a really good mood, like she was when they were dating? Is that possible? Absolutely, it's possible. And this is what I tell people. Put the mask on yourself first 
solve your own problems. Do you know how to do that? Do you know how to take care of yourself or to ask for help from others when you need them to be a part of that process? Do you know what to ask for? Are you comfortable asking people for it? Are you comfortable accepting it when it's offered? And do you think you are a good return on an investment when it comes to, yeah, you know what? Me being in a good mood, it's definitely going to be worth the sacrifice that you've just made to let me go into my bedroom and to regroup and to recenter. Trust me, mommy's not in a good mood right now. Do you want to give mommy a little time out? <laughs> so when she comes back, she's not screaming at you and she doesn't have that evil look in her eye like she's going to kill daddy. Yeah, you know what? People are very willing to give you <laughs> what you need. Tell them what you need and make sure that the sacrifice that they make, you know what? Sometimes it's my daughter. She just says, you really do need a really bad quesadilla, don't you? You need to go to that that horrible non-Mexican restaurant on the corner. I will buy you a steak quesadilla because I know that it's going to make you happy. And the talk that we're going to have while we're eating that food, yeah, I don't mind paying for it. Okay, that's good to know. Just hearing her say those words, that right there was better than the food. Well, you know what? If you don't need a vacation, you don't need to work overtime. Well, let's go ahead and take that to the next level. If you never had to work more than 30 hours a week at your job because you didn't have to buy the things to compensate for the hole in your life, for the unfulfillment, for the dissatisfaction, yeah, you know what? What if I had extra time in my life to do things that made me truly happy? That put me in a good mood. That made being around me, a better experience for the people who love me. You know what? My first client actually said to me, if you can tell me why on paper my life is perfect, I literally come from a great family. I have an amazing job that I'm really, really good at. I have more than enough money because I'm good at my job. I'm good looking. I, no one abused me as a child. If you can tell me why nothing's wrong and I'm still not happy, I will absolutely pay you what your price is, which at the time, that was a lot of money. You know what? Now it's not. <laughs> In this day and age, it's not back then. Yeah, you know what? It was worth it because he found out that what really made him happy was his dominant function. Okay, that meant getting a different job. He was more than willing to quit his job that day, the day that he found out wow, you know what? I really don't like working with this environment, with this modus operandi. I actually need to do an activity where I get to teach people. He's much better at teaching than he is at fighting. Well, you know what? Some people are really good at fighting. <laughs> and that's great. What would make you happy throughout the day? If what you're doing, if your job is work, then you need to quit your job. Well, what if someone says, but you know what? I am damaged. I'm, I'm not fixable. There's something wrong with me. Still, what is your nature? What is your natural strength, your ability? Thinking about a return on investment example. Okay, how we act at a party. 90% of the time we're happy, willing to sacrifice. Well, you know what? It, people are willing to sacrifice if you're happy 
90% of the time in life, if you are in a good quality mood, doing things that you like, think about what those things are. You might be surprised those activities like at, at the party, what really is fun for you there are things in your daily life that are those same kinds of functions. Those are same kinds of activities. Some of them require hand-eye coordination. Some of them require social assertion. Some of them require sensitivity to our environment, awareness, organization, management, different things that you would do at a party that would, that would really and truly make you happy. They wouldn't be considered work. You can find activities in life that are work-related activities that are compensatory. They do pay you an income. Those are the things that you need to do. Actually being happy is what people want from you. And one of the, the lines from a movie that I like too is where one of the guys said, yeah, what would you do if, if you had a million dollars and money wasn't an issue? What would you actually do to make you happy? the guy says, well, that's a, that's a garbage question because no one would ever want to be a janitor. Okay. Well, actually, yeah, they would. And that's okay. <laughs> Again, when we have a society that, that cares so much about image and cares so much about, um, money and how the social position and well, well, you know what? There are some people who would actually love to be a janitor and they would love to work alone in the middle of the night. They're called introverted sensory judgers. And you know what? They make up about 8% of the human population. If you know that what you have in your life is basically true to your nature, then there will be times when you're not happy, when you're not doing well, when you're not, you know, you're not really at your best. The people in your life will say, hey, you know what? That's okay. Because we'll help you. We'll help you get back to that happy place. Unfortunately, most people now are miserable 90% of the time. And all they can hope for is, you know what? That 10% of the time when we go on vacation, that'll be the, the compensation for the misery of the 90% of the misery, right? My time is just not happy. Well, you know what? Not being in a bad mood isn't the same as being in a good mood, a genuinely good mood. What do you really do that keeps you in a good mood? What would you want to do to get in a good mood? How many people in your life genuinely know that when you're in a good mood, you are a great return on the investment, whether they're sacrificing their time to give you your space to do what you need to do to take care of yourself, or whether they're giving you the money to participate in an activity that's very, very good for your health, that it's good for your soul. What if they're giving you the attention that you need? Well, you know what? Maybe you do need two hours a day of attention, but hey, if giving you what you need is going to make you for the other 14 hours be an amazing quality soul. You don't have to do high quantities of things. Have you thought about that? That's a question of personality. And we're going to open the lines when we come back for some questions. If, if any listeners have questions about the things that I've said so far, when we come back, we're going to take an inventory of what your true life demands list for you to kind of ask yourself. 
and other things about who you are and what you need so that by the time the show is over, even if you just jot down some notes, you'll have a better idea of where you're going starting today. This is yours, mine, and ours. Think you know yourself? Have you ever had your personality profiled? What's your MBTI? The Myers-Briggs Type Indicator is a very popular personality profile system, and it's accepted around the world, used by many accredited and professional companies and institutions. But the problem, what if you're both of the options that you're being offered in the question? Or what if you've changed over the years? Or what if you're just not sure? Does it even really matter? Well, when you want to know the difference between a mental illness and just a strange behavior, then knowing your personality can be very helpful. It will help you to know if you do need a mental health professional or pharmaceutical intervention. When you take a personality profile test, you need to ask yourself, not if you do that activity being described or asked, but the three things about yourself while you're doing it. Number one, is it naturally so easy for you to do it that it's automatic for you? Number two, is it so naturally enjoyable for you to do that you do it for seemingly no reason? And number three, are you so naturally good at it that you don't even need to practice in order to do it well? Those are the indications of your nature, your personality, not your nurture that have made you good at doing those things. During these challenging times, while a lot of people are considering a career change, I'm offering an 80% discount on my MBTI package. That includes six things. Number one, the MBTI test with over 200 questions. Number two, your four-letter personality description. Number three, an explanation of your disposition. Number four, a detailed breakdown of your functional order. Number five, tips and suggestions on how to be more successful in life based on your true nature. And six, a one-hour coaching session to answer any and all of your personality questions. This package usually costs $500, but for the rest of the year, it's only $99 to my listeners. Take advantage of the opportunity to learn more about your true nature. Just go to www.infinitylifecoaching.com slash services and you'll see the sale going on now. The $99 price will go on through to the end of 2020. Discover your true nature today. Welcome back to yours. Mine and ours. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona, and today we're talking about really what is your investment in you? Are you a good return on someone's investment? Do you know what it means to invest in yourself and in others? Have you ever actually done an inventory? Okay, so we're going to open the lines to listeners and ask some hypothetical questions. They're they're rhetorical questions, but also if you have a a question about them and want to expand on it or um, 
explain, have me explain it in greater detail for you. The way to to do that is to call the station with 888-627-6008. And my producer, Doug, he's a whole lot of fun. So I'm going to keep my eyes open in case he's telling me that there's someone here who wants to chat. Now, one of the things that I like to ask people, what does your true lifestyle demand? Okay, now think about this. When I say to my husband, let's go ahead and get a schedule down. Let's let's plan our day. We have certain things that need to get done. But you know what? You have your life. I have my life. We have our lifestyle. We have different things on each of our to-do lists. Sometimes we need to spend it together. Sometimes we need to spend it apart. When you're thinking about what your life is about, how much of it is work? Well, you know what? With the commute, with the average work uh, week, right? 40 hours a week. That's pretty standard for full-time jobs. When you have six hours of free time, because you need to, you need to sleep for eight. That's pretty healthy. What really do you have to do? How often do we think it's about, well, you know what? I have errands to run. I have a house to clean and maintain. I have, excuse me, I have people in my life who need things from me. And I really do have responsibilities and accountabilities How many things in your life that you're doing right now are actual demands? How many of them are just obligations? And how many of them, well, you know what? They're just annoyances. Well, there was a joke. I think it was on LinkedIn. Um, uh, The the mother said, okay, hold on. Let me see. How did it go? Um, The daughter said, mom, what was it like when you were growing up? what was it like to have fun or play or something to that? And the the mother says, all I had to do was take away her cell phone, take away her laptop, turn off the internet, (laughs) turn off the cable. I threw her outside and said, you know what? Go ahead and uh, stay out until you see that the street lights turn on. (laughs) And then you can come back inside. That was what life was like 50 years ago. Yeah, we had fun. We did things outside. Now what we do is everything is with technology. Well, let's get rid of the technology What if you had to walk somewhere instead of driving? How many places would you drive in a day that you needed, really truly needed to go to? And how much of it is literally driving across the street to get your groceries? You could have walked. Yes, you'd have to stand there and wait for the walk sign, but you'd be okay. Believe it or not, you'd be just fine. What's your time availability management? What's your self-maintenance list? When we, t- when we talk about things like food, um, it, you know what? How many times do people just go to a fast food restaurant, not because they really want the food, but because they don't want to cook and they don't want to clean? And I've made this joke many times with my husband. I don't spend $9 on a hamburger because I think it's good meat. I don't think the beef is good. I just don't want to cook and I don't want to clean. That has saved me right there an hour and a half You know what? If I was going to write something for my business, if I was going to have a a session with a client, I just made $150 to $250. Yeah, I think I can spare $10 for a really bad burger because it's about time. Well, you know what? Sometimes sitting with people and talking to them while we're eating, that's really important. How often do you go into a restaurant? Well, not anymore because of COVID, but how often did you go into a restaurant and see people literally at the table with a, a loved one on their cellular phone? Okay, well, how about sleep? 
how much sleep do you actually need? Now think about this. You do need rest, good quality rest. There are different levels of sleep. If you have a total of eight hours within 24 hours, that's preferably seven hours at night and maybe a max of one hour nap during the day. If you had good quality rest, how much would your life, your health improve? Well, what about pleasures? Okay, what kinds of pleasures do you have really an interest not only in, well, yeah, I, I like doing that. No, you know what? This is actually really important for me. I need to have this particular kind of, for me, it's a candy. It's a, a single serving in a snack size, actually, snack size bag. I, I need to buy a, you know, 40 ounce bag of my favorite candies, but you know what? That 40 ounce bag literally lasts an entire year because I only need one tiny little piece of that mint candy, but yeah, I really do need it after lunch. It's pretty important to me. Okay. Well, you know what? That's okay. And that's important to know and to tell people I really do need that mint candy right now <laughs> when you're in a car driving to an appointment. Yeah, making that stop for yourself. Or activity levels. If you have certain things in life you really want to do, well, do you want others to care for you or do you want to do it yourself? You know what? I'm sorry. I understand that there are people in my life who really want to be a part of certain activities that I'm very, very committed to and that I'm very vested in. Yeah, but they're terrible at it. <laughs> they know they're doing me a favor by going away while I'm doing this because I enjoy it more when they're not there. And you know what? That's really okay with them. They're absolutely fine saying, you're right. I suck at this and I don't want to do it anyway. So you let me know when you're done. And when you're in a good mood, I absolutely will give you whatever you want, whatever you need. Because I know that when you're done doing this activity, you're going to be a platinum individual and being around you is going to be great. Do you know how to get yourself into a high yield state? Take the time to figure it out. Get your personality profiled. It could take years. I've had, I literally have had clients for three years from beginning to end. Now, granted, it wasn't coaching the entire time. They've had some sessions and then said, okay, you know what? I'll get back to you. <laughs> Six months later, they come back. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay, I got I got past that. Now let's go ahead and, and move on to the next step and move on to the next step. It, you got to take the time to figure you out because no one is going to care more about you than you do. But then that comes down to putting the mask on yourself. Are you about quality or quantity? Know your personality. When you have gotten yourself centered, truly emotionally and mentally centered, physically healthy, are you about giving really amazing quality but very small quantity experiences to people? Or do you provide a service, an activity, a function that you can do in an amazing quantity that you have the ability to say and do and be things that people need, that they appreciate, that they really do like about you? Know your personality and then know your nurture, not just your nature. What are your issues? Take the time to do an inventory. There are three levels of awareness. There's the subconscious, the conscious, 
and the conscientious. Some people call it mindfulness. If you know what has happened to you in your life that has affected you, you can say, you know what, there are just going to be certain things that I do need from the people in my life because of experiences that I've had, certain things that I'm personally struggling with. If you can say to people what you need and when and where and how you need those things, people are amazingly generous. They know that you are worth it, especially when you believe that you are worth it. So when you're aware of what's going on in your life, you're proactively, conscientiously, mindfully aware of yourself. You're more able and you're more willing to share who you are with other people. That right there could be one of the greatest gifts, the high yield part of your personality. And when they say to you, wow, if we've given you the time and the space and the breathing room and the permission to feel the things that you feel and to need the things that you need, what you're going to give to us is honesty without being high maintenance. Well, yeah, but it's okay. High maintenance isn't so bad if what we're getting back is high yield. Next week, we're going to be talking about some things that, yeah, I don't usually talk about them, but some things happened this week on LinkedIn. And you know what? Let's talk about sex. Everybody's doing it every way, anyway, all the time. It's not just in a healthy or mature way that they're doing it. Something happened on the website and a woman actually asked me, she directly asked me to go into graphic detail about what I like to do with my husband, what I do with him, what I like him to do to my body, what I want to fantasize about with it. I said, what are you, are you serious? You can't be serious. You don't actually think. I have 17,000 followers and 18,000 connections here. They listen to me and they look to me as a respectable and reputable professional in my field. You don't actually think I'm going to tell you what way my husband likes me to do it to him. Well, apparently she was thinking I was going to tell her. Okay, you know what? <laughs> so the reason I'm doing this is because everybody is talking about sex. I'm not going to go into graphic detail about what I do, but... How important is sex? What is healthy sex? Be honest with yourself. Be a healthy person. These are important things that everybody is talking about and they can be discussed in a professional way. They can be in a very healthy way. They can be in a very reputable way. Next week when we come back, yours, mine, and ours with Gabrielle Cardona. Let's talk about sex.